Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. As promised, we are going to have a chat with Chiu Mingwei, the partner at Arcane Group. Well, we are talking about Bitcoin. So Bitcoin has rallied so much this year. It's been rising above 30,000 in April for the first time in 10 months. It's slightly below 30,000 today. But, you know, let's find out more as it's going to... All these gains that we've seen, does it represent a partial recovery after trillions of dollars were wiped out from the crypto sector in the last uh, 12 months or so? Uh, is the central bank hiking rates and the string of crypto firms imploding going to impact cryptocurrency? But well, I can't wait to unpack this and I'm very, very excited. Hello, Ming. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm good, Sean. Thanks for having me. Uh, of course, of course. I, uh, I'm so glad to have you on the line. Can you tell us uh, how has uh, Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies been faring so far? Yeah, markets in general are currently in this uh, bad barbell mode where liquidity has gravitated towards high-quality assets such as Bitcoin and Ether, uh, along with the low-quality ones such as uh, the meme coins. Um, Bitcoin has recently reached a high in, in April at 31k, uh, trading back and forth around the 27,000 uh, range. Um, possibly this is due more towards the larger liquidity providers such as Jump and Jane Street um, dialing back their operations recently within the US, uh, making order books much thinner in general. And as a consequence, uh, we could expect to see larger price swings in both ways in the near future. And of course, uh, I'm just tracking, well, we heard that from Standard Chartered, they said earlier, Bitcoin, it possibly could reach 100,000 uh, by the end of 2024. That's about a year and a half from now. Uh, what's your take on that? The, the report was actually quite a, a good report, uh, covering many sequential factors leading Bitcoin from 20K uh, up to 100,000. Uh, the factors, they, they wrote about uh, Bitcoin as a safe haven away from the banking stress, uh, minor profitability, stabilization across the risk assets, mm-hmm. all these leading itself up very nicely into the Bitcoin halving cycle next year. I think if we close this year uh, at around 30,000, it's not entirely impossible for Bitcoin to rally up 300% further to reach that 100,000 target. This is similar to the previous halving cycle in 2020, which also had a 3x full run. Uh, But the main caveat, uh, I must mention that back then, uh, the crypto market was notably smaller. So in order to hit this 100,000 uh, target, which Central has mentioned, the order of magnitude is a lot larger and the challenge really remains on how to get the next $3 trillion of capital into crypto markets. Yep, so this really largely depends on uh, retail and institutional participation going, going forward from here. Right, so you don't think that that's too far-fetched than this number of 100,000? Yeah, it's uh, possible. It's a small chance. <laughs> very, very optimistic. So the crypto winter is finally over, huh? Uh, it's still a bit too early to say. Uh, to be fair, um, Bitcoin has, the best, has been the best performing asset class year to date, uh, but markets are still down from about uh, 60% from the 2021 highs. So I think it's still a little too early to announce that the crypto winter is over. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, sp- zoom in specifically to Bitcoin. Um, what in particular is fuel- fueling this optimism in Bitcoin? One angle which could possibly explain this price action that we have seen uh, this year could be viewed from the lens of a liquidity angle. Okay. Um, in January, we had two Asian central banks with many coordinated measures on both the fiscal and monetary fronts. Uh, Bank of Japan tweaking its uh, UCA control on the JGBs. We also had the reopening theme from China reversing their COVID-0, the three-rate line policy, uh, injecting liquidity into money markets before the Lunar New Year. 
Uh, again in March, um, we had this huge liquidity injection after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Approximately about 400 billion was added into the US monetary system for that period. About 160 billion from the Federal Reserve to their discount window and FDIC backstopping depositors. Mm-hmm. I think all this coupled with uh, Ethereum's very successful Chappella upgrade in April. Um, Bitcoin to highs of uh, local highs of thirty one thousand in April last month. So all of this helped to drive uh, prices of Bitcoin higher. Yep. Uh, what other factors could do that as well? Halving is still some time uh, away uh, next year. I think um, positive red developments in the regulatory space uh, could potentially support prices in the meantime in the near future. I think what we see in the EU uh, markets and crypto assets, otherwise known as Mika, was finally passed in Parliament this April. I think this framework implements more stringent rules on disclosures, obligations, uh, security procedures. But the main benefit is that in acquiring one license, um, crypto institutions could benefit as it allows them to access all European markets instantly under this framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on the retail side of things, um, Hong Kong is also primed to allow investors to begin trading on the 1st of June. Um, this is another positive uh, aspect in this space as well. Okay, and I think earlier you mentioned how things like Silicon Valley Bank and, and in, uh, for example, uh, the problems it's, fa- it's had in April sort of pushed Bitcoin a bit higher. It raised above 30000 in April uh, for the first time in 10 months. So is it a case of like banks' pain? Is like Bitcoin's gain or so? Yeah, I, I think um, what we have seen is from extre- extremely all these tight credit conditions on the macro front along with regulatory restrictions, Crypto markets have shown a lot of resilience despite all these banking fallouts, uh, which is ha- even despite all that has happened on from the previous year. Mm-hmm. I think um, this largely stems more from the strong beliefs that either the community has or along with the investors that uh, crypto can both function both as a safe haven along as a risk-on asset across dif- different periods uh, as well. So what are the uh, technical indicators pointing at then for Bitcoin? I think crypto markets at the moment uh, are a bit cautious. They remain cautious on the sidelines. Um, I think this is really evidence from the low options implied volatility readings such as uh, the crypto's uh, DVOL index, uh, which is currently at 50%. Uh, one of the local uh, lows in recent times. Uh, another way to really express this low volatility regime is through traditional technical indicators such as um, compression of Bollinger Bands as well. Of course. And and I think there has also been a larger trading volume in crypto. Crypto volumes have really picked up more on the meme coin side. Uh, as for spot volumes on crypto exchanges, this actually hasn't really picked up. Uh, the volume really is coming more from the perpetuals and the meme coins currently. Right. What do you think is leading to this, uh, this increase in volume? Yeah, in recent weeks, I think um, most of the mind share has really been shifted to the trading of meme coins. Uh, as what I mentioned earlier, crypto is really functioning more of the barbell and the higher quality assets as well as the lower quality meme coins at, at the moment. Um, I think this dispersion is really caused through regulatory changes around the regimes that we are seeing across EU, uh, Asia and US. And uh, let's st- step away uh, from Bitcoin and let's look a bit more at those meme coins that you mentioned and other cryptocurrencies, of course. Uh, what other cryptocurrencies are sort of looking interesting to you right now? Yeah, I think uh, indirect function of the trading of meme coins um, it has really increased the Ethereum network usage and medium gas fees. Uh, that has hit a 12-month all-time high on Ethereum itself. Uh, the indirect consequence of this really has been the Ether supply has become much more deflationary at a negative uh, minus 3% annually, burning much more tokens due to gas fees than their issuance. 
Bitcoin, on the other hand, uh, it's still steadily increasing its supply by about plus 1.7% annually until the next halving uh, going forward. And what about stable coins? Uh, you know, I think they were also in the news uh, when the banking turmoil uh, unraveled. Uh, what's the current outlook like for stable coins? Stable coins have had an extremely challenging period. Uh, for the past 14 consecutive months, their market capitalization has been declining. Uh, it's currently standing around $120 billion. I think they are facing a lot of regulatory uncertainty on stables, the potential increased competition on CBDCs. But I think a large function of the decline can be attributed where investors have swapped their stable points for um, fiat treasury bills, which have offered significantly higher yields. Right. Um, however, in, in recent weeks, I think what we're seeing on the DeFi side of uh, aspect, uh, activity has somewhat picked up and we are seeing stablecoin yields coming back onto the collateralized lending protocols. Also, on there are new innovative DeFi protocols which have been able to capture the similar market uh, money market yields. All this and all, I think uh, this should increase the utility of uh, stablecoins in the near future, uh, which always remain a critical piece of infrastructure in both DeFi and trading portfolios. Uh, thank you for that, Mingwei. So with all this that you've unpacked for us, uh, I'm going to let you go with this last question. Um, what should investors be thinking about now if they enter the crypto markets? Yeah, crypto markets, uh, I feel, um, having already rallied 60% year-to-date and 20% alone since March, Short-term traders really can afford to wait for retracements before stepping back in. I think in this respect, market timing and patience are, are more crucial. Oh. Uh, but for longer-term investors, position uh, sizing and portfolio allocation makes all the difference. So really choosing um, an appropriate or public allocation to one's risk tolerance uh, becomes necessary to ride out all the market fluctuations across this, over this course. Thank you, Mingwei, for joining us today. Uh, have a great weekend. And, uh, and that's Chu Mingwei, partner at the Arcane Group. Stay tuned with us on MoneyFM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.